Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hello, folks. How are you doing today? So I have been trying to get a second interview with Bigger Pockets since I left the workforce back in February of 2018. So what is that, like 18 months, 20 months or so? Uh, so, you know, I guess I'll keep trying. Uh, but in the meantime, I thought what I would do is I thought I would create an interview, uh, kind of, it's a parody, right, as you'll see, uh, where I'm going to pretend to both be Josh and Brandon and myself, right? I'm not going to pretend to be myself, but I'm basically going to put some questions out there that I think Brandon and Josh might ask uh, that would make a great interview. Um, and uh, yeah, what the heck, huh? Why, why, not, uh, why not pretend? I've done enough interviews. Uh, why don't I kind of try to create an interview that uh, I think Brandon and Josh and the Bigger Pockets community would be proud of. So in order to do that, I have set up a PowerPoint so you can see the questions and so can I. So we will go ahead and get this started. All right, so again, um, I, I call this a parody. My vocabulary is not all that great. I don't know if that's technically true. I'm basically going to be one individual pretending to be Josh, Brandon, uh, and myself. I'm calling this round two. Uh, because uh, as you will see in a moment, I actually was interviewed by Josh Dorkin himself back in 2011. And I'll give you the title of that if you'd like to look at it here. Um, but again, I've been trying to be interviewed by Bigger Pockets uh, for 20 months now. And um, I just thought I would take it in my own hands and, and do the interview myself. Again, my first interview was eight plus years ago, which would put it in 2011. Uh, it was done by Josh Dorkin himself. Uh, and it was really during the depth of the crash, right? I believe if you go back and listen to the interview, you'll hear about us doing some 1031 exchanges and really, you know, kind of in, in the throes of the downturn. So it's, uh, you know, it's worth, worth going to check out. Uh, here's the title if you want to search for it. Uh, you can, should, I typed in Bigger Pockets Michael Zuber to find it. Uh, that's the actual title. I did not test that. Uh, but uh, the title is Interview uh, by Landlord Michael Zuber. Uh, again, I typed in Michael Zuber Bigger Pockets to find it. So, in the end, since I wasn't able to get a second interview, uh, I have tried 
uh, I thought I would just pretend to be Josh and Brandon and make the interview myself. So uh, let's get started. So first, let's pretend to be Josh. Wow, Michael Zuber. What have you been up to? Been a long time. Josh is a very fun guy. Uh, I've spoken with him many times, actually went to his event uh, back in Denver when it was just uh, a small thing uh, and was a featured speaker. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, so again, Josh, thanks. Thanks, man. Uh, you've been doing great things. Can't, can't believe what you and the team have accomplished uh, over, the, over the last eight years at Bigger Pockets. Uh, truly amazing. Uh, congratulations, uh, all that. Uh, I guess Josh to tell you what's been up with me is is I continued to be a landlord uh, for another um, you know six or seven years, right? Kept doing the one rental at a time story. Uh, you know, obviously we went through the crash and we bought. We we came out of it and we bought. Uh, we've done some seller financing, but really, Josh, um, it's kind of more of the same, right? If you go back and listen to the old interview, uh, I was a full time employee. I traveled all over the world. Um, Frankly, I traveled more in those in these last eight years than I did uh, the previous eight, so my life only got busier. Right, daughter, daughter, um, you know, grew up, went off to college, now is out on her own. Uh, so, so lots of things going on. Um, and then, you know, lastly, um, you know, some events occurred in 2018 where I just decided uh, enough was enough, and uh, I left. Uh, I left my W two job. All of this because of being a buy and hold landlord. All right, you you know one rental at a time. You know, built it up, uh, and then the last thing, Josh, kind of sparked by uh, what I've seen you and the Bigger Pockets team do, and, and yourself, Brandon, as well, is uh, I went off and wrote a book. I called it One Rental at a Time. It really documents the story, Josh, that you and I talked about those first eight years and, and what happened since. It's, you know, uh, again, I'm not, I'm no great writer. I'm not, I'm nobody like Jay Scott or uh, David Green or any of these other great writers that you have. Um, but, you know, I took a shot and I shared my story and it seems to be getting uh, some good, uh, some good press. And if you want to get your copy, folks, um, it's on Amazon. You can just look up one rental at a time or type in my name, Michael Zuber. All right, Brandon. So here's Brandon. Nice to meet you, Michael. Can you remind me when we communicated in the past? Yeah. Hey, Brandon. Uh, nice to meet you. Congrats on all your success. Uh, I see you're in Hawaii. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, see you speaking all over the place. So congratulations. Uh, yeah, Brandon, um, we communicated via email, at least by my memory. Uh, I think right after you started with Bigger Pockets, and I was a featured blogger at the time, right, where you had bloggers write posts once a week. Uh, and I had been doing that for about a year. Uh, you came on board. I don't actually know if you just come on board or you took on new responsibilities. That was never clear to me. But basically, you sent out an email to all the featured bloggers uh, setting new standards for blogs. And one of the ones that hurt myself was is I like to do series, right? I like to do, you know, the top 10 of this or the top eight of that. And I would write one blog for each point. And you came in and said, no more series. Uh, given that I was the only individual at the time doing series, I felt like it was a personal attack. Um, you know, I wrote these blogs while I was on airplanes and I tried to write them all at the same time. So it was the same voice. And um, I guess I didn't appreciate, um, you know, those rules and changes when I was, you know, doing all of this for free and, um, and, and trying to grow my own portfolio and try to give back to the community. And um, 
it, it just became too much work and I just couldn't meet the standards. So we stopped, uh, I stopped blogging after my uh, inventory of posts came out. So that's when we met. Uh, I don't know if we communicated via email, maybe just once, maybe it was two or three times. I don't remember. Uh, but basically you came in and you added some structure and you were doing the good things for the bigger pockets community. Uh, and, and clearly it was all the right things. Um, just at the time as a featured blogger, um, the additional restrictions and requirements was too much for a full-time employee who, you know, who was already working 10 or 12 hours a day and trying to get back. So that's when we communicated. Uh, it's basically when you came in and um, set up new guidelines for the, uh, for the blogs. Uh, so Brandon, again, asked the question, what are you seeing in the market today that reminds you of the last peak? Uh, that's a good question, Brandon. Um, I think a couple of things. First, if you know anything about the last peak, uh, there was a lot of herd mentality going on. Uh, and there is definitely a herd mentality today. Uh, it's around different asset types. Um, you know, back in 2006 and seven, the herd was clearly single family homes. It was clearly flipping, right? There were, there were plenty of stories about people buying contracts on lots. And then that contract would be flipped two or three times before the actual building was done. Uh, and that was happening all over the place, right? I knew people flipping three, four contracts inside of a community and making 20 or 30 grand every time. Uh, that obviously blew up, right? Kind of like, um, you know, when the music stopped, whoever held it last uh, lost it. So um, where I'm seeing the herd today is frankly multifamily, specifically value add multifamily in the Midwest and South. Uh, I think there's a lot of danger there. It's a little bit of different danger because the, the last peak was a financial danger because people were getting liar loans and badly structured loans. Today, they're putting up real equity and getting commercial financing. Unfortunately, they're overpaying. They're not appreciating how hard it is to be a landlord. And when the economy turns, they're going to have vacancies and turns. They are going to lose money. They're going to stay in these syndications for five to 10 years longer than they want. They're not going to get their preferred return. Uh, I'm trying to help people see that. Uh, it's kind of like yelling into a tornado. Nobody hears you. Uh, but I have, um, I have history on my side. I've seen what happens. I frankly run away from the herd. Uh, last peak, I sold my houses. And that was a story that I talked with Josh in our interview. Uh, technically didn't sell. I did an exchange. And we moved our equity out of the, what the herd wanted because they overpaid uh, and um, moved our equity somewhere else. We're doing the same thing today. If I believe the herd is in multifamily, uh, we're going to sell it. <coughs> Sorry about that, Brandon. Uh, but again, we're, we're selling or exchanging uh, because again, um, when the herd wants to overpay, I'm, I'm going to let them. And today they're overpaying for multifamily. Uh, I'm clearly sharing this with everyone, uh, but again, I'm one voice uh, that, um, you know, there's a huge tornado and, and the herd's not hearing me. So definitely going on uh, today is, is the herd mentality is real. So Josh uh, is, uh, asks me, is, is landlording still a feasible outcome for people in financial independence? Absolutely. Uh, I believe being a landlord, uh, I believe the one rental at a time story is the easiest path to a better financial future. Uh, I have a quote that I proudly attach to my name is, financial independence is hard, but a better financial future is easy. I believe everybody watching this, if you just got one to four rentals, 
you put real down payments, you got conservatively fixed rate debt, uh, and you bought wise, right? Meant you learned your market, which I'm sure we'll talk about in future questions. Uh, you're going to be well off. Your financial future will be better. And that's really what I spend my time down doing, Josh, is I try to help people have a better financial future. Uh, I see all the social media, all the big checks, all this nonsense out there. Uh, I've been in the game nearly 20 years. I know it's a lot harder. I know there's taxes. I know there's, uh, you know, carrying costs and hard money costs and all of these things. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep speaking out and letting people know, uh, you know, that other active income of flipping or wholesaling is not easy as people make it look. Uh, so I tell people all the time, keep your job, you know, bust your tail eight to six. Uh, you can build a nice uh, portfolio rentals off hours in the morning, in the evenings, on the weekends. Um, you know, there were very few people that work uh, more than I did while we were building it, right? Uh, I did over 100,000 miles a year on airplanes, was in a a hotels 100 nights uh, a year, um, you know, was, was platinum on multiple airlines and uh, all over the world and still worked. Uh, you know, 60 to 80 hours while on the ground. And I still build a portfolio. Uh, and I think everybody can do it. So yeah, I think I think landlording is the best way to a better financial future. So Brandon asks, uh, why not focus on apartments, multifamily? Well, uh, you know, Brandon, I think, um, I think that's a question Grant Cardone would ask me if he if he could, he would probably make a lot of fun of me. Uh, because uh, I'm here to tell you that you know, for 15 years of my career, bigger was better. And let's be clear what I mean by better. I meant it produced a better return. That's all I care about. I want to know how hard my cash is working. And for 15 years, bigger was better, meaning get more units, you get one roof, you, you spread costs and, and all of those things. Unfortunately, today, Brandon, people are overpaying for multifamily. And they're specifically overpaying for what I call class C properties. Uh, you know, there are still deals out there in apartments, so don't get me wrong, uh, but they are like unicorns uh, with a four-leaf clover in their mouth, right? They're rare. Um, but every day I turn around and I see somebody telling me about a new unicorn they bought. Maybe. I don't know the deal. I don't know the area. I just know that I've sold apartments for more than they're worth and people paid for them. Uh, I sold an apartment for 20% more than I thought and it needed an immediate 200K in investment. Syndication still bought it. I don't know how they're going to make a return uh, in the first three to five years, um, given what they have to put out. But, you know, um, I, think, I, think, I think there's a lot of fools chasing apartments. And there's just not many out there. And now there's tens of thousands of people looking. And, you know, it's a simple su supply-demand equation. And as I said earlier, I think it was to Josh, uh, I don't, I get away when the herd's running, I get out of the way. I will go the opposite direction. Uh, I've seen the herd get crushed and, and bankrupt and lives destroyed. And I don't want to be anywhere around that. So that's why no apartments, Brandon. I think single family homes are a much better investment today. Again, for the first time in, in 20 years, uh, but it's what I think today. So Josh asks, uh, why'd you stay in Fresno and never go to the Midwest? Well, Josh, kind of like Brandon's question before. Um, you know, in fairness, in 2008, we were looking, right? I think we talked about it in our video. We had looked at Texas and San Antonio and Austin and Dallas. I think we even went out to Houston. And um, I could never get over the fact two things. First off, what really prevented us from buying in Texas was property taxes uh, being adjusted every year. Uh, I saw back then that 
if the government uh, could adjust property taxes, they could easily wring out my cash flow every year. And um, that was really why we said no to Texas, because I saw that coming. And lo and behold, uh, I hear uh, there are people buy, who bought in Texas years ago that are now losing their properties because they've lost all the cash flow because of property taxes. So um, I could tell you this much. If I had gone to Texas in 2008, I would still be working. Um, I'd still have a dozen or so properties and I could be on pace to lose them because uh, I only own stuff that cash flows. And, um, you know, that's why we didn't do Texas. As for why we never went to the Midwest or the South, I think there was a time where that was a home run. I think that was five years ago or so. I think a lot of people today looking at out of state uh, are going to be suckers. Uh, again, I talked about the herd mentality twice now, once with the same between 08 and 19. When you asked me, what's, what do I see? I think that was a Brandon question. And then why I, why I didn't do apartments. It's kind of the same reason. Anytime the herd just assumes they can't lose, I'm out. Right? I can't tell you how many people I've heard investing in Detroit and Cleveland. Um, not that you can't make money there. I just think you have to live there. I think you have to know the neighborhood. I think you have to have the pulse. Because if you're one street off, you are messed up. You are going to lose money. Um, so I think those markets are great. Uh, you just have to live there. right? You've got to be on the pulse. You've got to know what's coming and what's happening. And I think if you live there, you can crush it. Uh, but I think investing out of state because of Google Maps and uh, Excel spreadsheets is a way to go bankrupt. And I'm not going there. So uh, uh, that's why uh, no Midwest and, and the South, frankly. Uh, are you still buying? Brandon asks. Absolutely. Uh, we've added 15 units this year, even though I think we're near the peak. Uh, we're always going to be adding, right? We are buy and hold investors. And uh, when we can see a good opportunity to make a conservative bet, uh, we are going to do that. And, um, you know, we do focus a lot on uh, seller financing today because, uh, again, things are over are priced uh, richly. Uh, but if, if you give them the price today at market, but you can control the terms, uh, you can still create a good deal. So uh, we, have play, we have paid full market value for these 15 units, uh, but because of seller financing, we got uh, a low down payment, we got no points, uh, we got a, a, you know, uh, all the things that we wanted so we can still pay retail uh, and get a good deal. Uh, so yeah, we are absolutely still buying. Uh, I will likely only be buying um, seller finance deals for the next year or so because I do see the market changing. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're absolutely still buying. I'm, I'm guessing, Brandon, you're still buying as well. So Josh, uh, what is the number one thing you tell new investors? Um, that's a great question, Josh. And I, I think the number one question or the number one thing I tell investors, and I teach this in my course, is you have to learn your market, right? We've been buying throughout these cycles that we write about in our book, right? The up cycle, the down cycle, and the return. Uh, but the only thing that allows us to really know what's going on is to look at our market, right? We have to know what, we have to know what the market produces, right? If the market produces a 5% yield on my cash, I only want to do good or great deals, right? So I'm only going to look for six and 7%. I think anybody can learn their market. I think it's a skill. Um, it's not like singing or acting where you have to have natural talent. I believe learning a market is something that could be taught. Uh, I believe it takes repetition and consistency. Uh, I looked at my market, for example, every day for 10 years. Uh, and I could tell you what, you know, what the average market or what's going on in my market at any one time during the last run up, during the crash, during the return. And I know that every investor out there can learn their market. Uh, and, you know, if you need help doing that, I, I, have a, I have a course 
uh, the links in, in the description or below this video. Uh, use the coupon code BOOK20. Uh, so you save 20 bucks. It's only 179 and you get an autographed copy of this. I think I have like six left. I think somebody else just got one this morning, uh, five or six left. Um, so, you know, use that coupon code, save some money, get an autographed book. But yeah, I think, I think investors need to learn their market. They don't need to look at Excel. They don't, they need to learn their market. They need to protect themselves They need to build confidence. And then that's what I think they need to do. So Brandon asks, so in your old post, you reference a process similar to Burr, right? Buy, repair, rent, refi, repeat. How'd you stumble across it? Well, Brandon, thank you for that. First off, congratulations on trademarking that or whatever, you know, basically pushing that out there is a good idea. I've seen David Green talk about it. You guys do an excellent job. His book, uh, the Burr book is, is awesome. Um, really, you know, when I was talking about what we were doing during the crash, we were just recycling capital, which is really the intent of Burr. Uh, I wasn't smart enough to tag it, wasn't smart enough to call it anything. Uh, we were buying stuff for land value for cash. We were then getting private money. We were then repairing it, uh, renting it, and um, you know, basically refined the debt. And we just kept going, right? We took the same roughly $50,000 and recycled it dozens of times um, during the crash. And it allowed us to really build up a pretty nice portfolio of single family homes and, and multi-units. Um, again, it, we, my only goal, uh, as I wrote about and, and did these deal reviews back in my old posts on bigger pockets was, um, recycling capital. Uh, I wasn't rich. I didn't have endless capital like some of the folks did. Uh, I just had to make that same capital work time and time again. And, um, I really didn't know I was doing early stage burst stuff, but that's, that's kind of funny to look back at now. So uh, Brandon and Josh ask, you know, any last thoughts? Um, yeah, uh, I guess a couple of things. First, um, anybody can do this business. Um, you know, I've interviewed plenty of guests as both of you have uh, with very interesting origin stories, you know, ex-cons, young folks, uh, full-time employees, um, and, and anybody can do this. Um, do me a favor, learn your market, don't chase the herd, conservatively finance, um, don't believe the hype. It's not as easy as people make it seem. Uh, follow bigger pockets, right? The, the, the community has only grown since, since I contributed way back in, in 2010 and 11. Um, you know, keep, keep following what Josh and, and Brandon put out there uh, as they truly are trying to help. It's, it's pretty amazing to watch. So in the end, if you're still watching this, you enjoyed this interview, uh, please subscribe. Also, if you want to hit up bigger pockets and tell them they should interview me, uh, that would be awesome. I'd appreciate that. I'd love to talk to Brandon or Josh or David Green or really any of the uh, outstanding interviewers over there. Uh, I'd love to see how an actual interview went. I tried to do my best um, you know, on this. Hopefully that was fun for you. I had fun. Um, I wish I could have been as humorous as both uh, Josh and Brandon, but I just don't have it like that. So at the end of the day, thank you very much and take care.